Magandang araw sa inyo, Podmates. Nandito na naman tayo sa podcast para sa mga may mahabang attention span. Our guest today is one of the brightest minds of his generation and a leading global expert on COVID. Dr. Melvin Sanikas, a vaccinologist who is now based in Switzerland and has just been named one of the outstanding young men of the Philippines or the TOYM. At ang ibig sabihin niyan, Podmates, wala pa siyang 40 years old. O kafo 40 lang siya. Dr. Sanikas, magandang araw sa iyo at congratulations. Magandang araw po sa inyo, sir, at sa mga uh, nakikinig. And thank you very much for having me. Yeah, so you're currently in Manila, no? Kasi nag-attend ka ng uh, TOYM uh, ceremony. Uh, so congratulations ulit. Pero you are primarily based in Zurich, Switzerland, no? Uh, anong ginagawa mo sa Switzerland? I am based in Switzerland, pero um, I, I travel a lot. Um, this was pre-pandemic to different uh, sites where we do our clinical trials. So um, my job is basically uh, um, trying to make sure that the clinical trials, the clinical studies we do uh, run properly and uh, ethically and legally and scientifically sound yung mga ginagawa namin sa, sa studies namin. And most of our studies are in Latin America. Um, meron din a few sa Europe. And uh, I think we also have sites here in Manila, but I was not able to visit Manila last year because of the restrictions. Doc, I can imagine that's probably among the most important uh, research fields right now, you know, yung pag-develop ng mga bagong vaccine. So uh, I'll ask you more about that later. Pero ngayon, this is my chance to ask you something I've been wanting to ask, no? Kasi ngayon lang tayo nagkausap, pero last year, pa tayo nagchat-chat, no? Via direct messaging sa Twitter, where you've been very active, no, giving advice to the public on COVID from even before the start of the pandemic. May isa kang sinabi sa akin via private messaging, no, na, na medyo na shaka ko noon. Uh, you told me uh, na back in 2020, no, February 2020, hindi pa na din uh, pandemia yung COVID, no. You infected yourself with the coronavirus in service of scientific research, no. Ininfect mo yung sarili mo. Bakit mo ginawa ito? That's true, but I have to say, sir, clearly that was a, a reckless thing to do. And kung pwedeng ibalik, I would not do it again. Um, In other words, for I our think, audience, do not try this at home. <laughs> yes, please don't. Please don't. Um, okay. Kasi nung, nung time na yun, sir, syempre hindi pa natin alam yung other things about the virus, diba? like, uh, like yung long COVID, for example, hindi pa natin alam yun. Um, but me and my other friends who are in the infectious disease field, we thought, now we will understand more about this virus if we do it ourselves so we we experience the virus so true enough yung symptoms ko noon um i had a uh, cough um i had a uh, really annoying sore throat na parang hindi na nawawala with uh, drinking warm water and uh, lozenges hindi nawawala and i had loose bowel movements paano mo ininfect yung sarili mo was it the usual inexpose mo lang sarili mo sa isang pasyente or, or what? I was in Milan um, in the infectious disease ward with my colleagues and my friends who are And at that time in Milan, Italy, and daming cases noon. Meron na sir, yes. That was an that was an early hot spot, no? Yes, hindi pa ganoon kadami as yung nakikita natin na diba thousands yung namamatay every day. Hindi pa siya ganoon. It was a few weeks before that. So there were a few patients in Milan kasi ang pinakamadami talaga noon is northern part pa eh, of Milan outside Milan. Um but they they were bringing patients in na. 
sa um, sa city and then that's what I did so I basically I, I spent 10 minutes in a room with a patient nagtanggal ka ng mask ganun I mean, paano yes, ka yes. okay so yes. tiniyak mo talaga mask, na na exposed ka okay yes exposed by breathing the air that the patient is breathing then yeah so uh how big a risk was this? No, kasi sa uh, alam mo na noon na potentially fatal ito. Um, pit nagpaalam ka ba muna sa pamilya mo, sa mga colleagues mo, loved ones, no. bago mo ginawa ito? <laughs> no. no, sir, okay. no. Uh, kumbaga, uh, during that time, of course, uh, yung, yung ginawa namin, it was just really to understand more of the virus kasi alam naman namin na wala kaming comorbidity. So the chances of us getting a severe course of the disease is is low pero syempre not negligent not, not impossible diba it was still um, possible kumbaga it was a calculated risk na again i have to say sa mga listeners please wag gawin <laughs> you're a scientist i'm sure tinimbang mo yung cost cost benefit nito no so was the outcome worth it what did you learn uh, from this experience after infection, you, you test the blood to see kung may antibodies nga. And we had antibodies against the virus um, 7 to 10 days after infection. Which is um, not surprising kasi for most respiratory pathogens, ganun naman talaga, it takes 5 to 10 days. For some people, longer. But yeah, um, we learned that our bodies produce antibodies like at least 7 to 10 days after. And this was something that maybe you would not have found out if you didn't infect yourselves? Nung time na yun, sir, wala pang studies. We just assumed na ganun nga siya. But hindi pa natin alam talaga. Assumption na, yun. Oo. Assumption lang siya. Yeah. You know, sometimes I read about scientists, you know, going through the same things that their, you know, their research subjects go through just, just to add themselves to the research. Marami ba kayong... Ganito rin yung ginawa, parang in-infect ang sarili para para lang ma-research na mas mabuti itong uh, sakit na to. Yes sir, and, and it's not just with vaccines actually. Um a lot of people are doing this with uh, drugs, but at least when you, you when you take the drugs and you feel the adverse effects, for example, um kumbaga when you um when you talk to your patients na sasali sa clinical trials, you can actually tell them uh, more about what they will feel after because you experience it yourself, diba? Um Also, in other re- in other um, vi- viruses like uh, influenza, some people do that too. Um, pero of course, for viruses like HIV, walang gumagawa niya. You know, it depends depends on the virus. Well, uh, my hats off to you, no? Because napaka heroic niyan. I mean, I can only I can only say it's uh, it's a Kumbaga, uh, a sacrifice no? uh, on the part of you and other researchers who, who choose that route uh, in your research. I guess uh, yung findings na yan, na, na, na confirm yun na, na may antibodies as a reaction to this, this disease. No? That's a contribution to the, to the science. Yeah, but it was really reckless. And uh, <laughs> yes, buti naman, uh, hindi siya naging, uh, kumbaga, may, may, meron siyang nabigay na important knowledge. <laughs> so ngayon, April 2022 na. No? Um, mababa ang cases sa Pilipinas. May crowds na naman sa malls at restaurants. Uh, ang daming rally ngayon, tens of thousands. Uh, itong mga pinakuhuli, more than 100,000 daw. No? Uh, the biggest crowds we've seen in years. Should we be worried, Doc? Pagdating ko dito sa, sa Manila last 
Thursday, what I, I noticed is, alam mo ang galing kasi lahat talaga nakamask. I didn't see anybody sa airport or kahit sa streets na hindi nakamask. And this is very different from what's happening in Europe. Kasi sa, sa Switzerland where I came from, wala na nakamask ngayon. Even in public transportation, hindi na siya required. I mean, I still wear masks when I'm on uh, a public uh, transportation train buses in your office your building um in your if you go out to a restaurant nagmamaska ba yes sir ako pero hindi na siya sir required feeling ko it's it's one of the reasons kung bakit uh, we are not seeing that surge that um Europe is seeing for example diba kasi Europe now is also seeing a surge in cases um and also I, I, I guess ang vaccination coverage ng Philippines is uh, 60 to 65% and that's substantial. So I, I would think that these things plus yung public uh, health recommendations na strict talaga. Like when I arrived sa hotel, sobrang strict na with the washing of, uh, using alcohol, yung ganon. And um, I, I would think that those things contribute to the, to the result of to what we have at the moment. So I, I'd like to ask you about that. Because sabi mo nga uh, sa Europe, and you would think that, you know, Europeans are scientific people also, no? Uh, they're rational, they believe in uh, evidence, and all of that. Bakit ganon? Um, they know that there's still risk, no? Pero hindi sila nagmamask, at, uh, they, and then they're suffering uh, new cases because of it. Firstly, talagang sawang-sawa na yung ibang people sa pagmamask. That's one. Um, secondly, um, with the relatively high vaccination coverage din naman, 60 to 70%, um, in some countries, 80 nga. So we are seeing talaga na, na yung cases and deaths, hindi na sila, kumbaga, nadi-couple na yung cases and deaths. And people are seeing that. I guess those are two of the main reasons. Pero depende rin sa countries like um, Italy, kasi talagang worst case sila dati, di ba, nung... Uh, around March, April, or May in 2020. Um, I was there four weeks ago. Talagang strict pa rin, nakamask pa rin lahat. And this is oppo- as opposed to France and Germany na in Switzerland na wala na, parang hindi na sila nagmamask. So it depends siguro sa experience ng country. Maybe that's also a big difference na it's actually a matter of policy and not optional. Kasi dito, to a great extent, policy pa rin yung magmask. Huh? I mean, uh, it's public policy. Um, masisita ka kung <laughs> kung hindi ka nakamask at pumasok ka sa mga tindahan, uh, restaurant, di ba? Uh, kung hindi ka nakamask. But going back to the to various countries, no? Kasi uh, before this interview, I looked at the global data. So hindi lang hindi lang Europa yung may mga spike in COVID cases, no? There's Korea, there's Thailand, Australia, and New Zealand, no? Um, and we know that Australia and New Zealand particularly have been very strict no, in their lockdowns, in the, in the entry of uh, outsiders to their countries. And in Korea, um, they, were, they were commended early on by global health authorities as parang best practice, di ba? And uh, Thailand, no, ipinagmamalaki ng mga taga Thailand na mababa yung cases nila, uh, I guess in the first year of the pandemic. But now, uh, sila yung ano eh parang sila yung outliers ngayon eh at least in this part of the world no is there a good explanation for for why they're experiencing a spike as opposed to other countries like ours na walang spike 
with uh, South Korea, New Zealand, and even Hong Kong, di ba? Like what you said early on in the pandemic. Sila China rin, meron. Ha? May spike yeah, yeah, China. China. Yeah. Sila yung zero COVID policy, di ba? Na parang talagang as much as possible, uh, walang infection. And I think there's a drawback to that decision. We have to acknowledge that natural infection itself also gives immunity. So for the countries na hindi nag-zero COVID policy, you have vaccination plus yung na-infect na ng mga tao who recovered, who also got immunity. And that adds to the so-called uh, herd immunity, di ba? And for them, kasi hindi sila nagpa-infect before, they were just relying on the vaccines. Um, and now we are seeing a lot of studies talaga showing that if you compare vaccination alone versus infection alone versus those who got vaccinated plus got infected, better ang response ng tao na na-infect na before and nagpa-vaccinate. Much, much better than just vaccination alone or just natural infection alone. So I, I think those are some of the things. And for, for South Korea and Hong Kong, for example, um, I just read a study published a few days ago, ang sinasabi nila sa reason kung bakit parang ang pangit pa din ng situation is because for the older population actually, mababa pa rin yung vaccination coverage, like 40-50%. And if you go higher, so mas matanda, 70 years old or 80 years old, mas mababa lalo yung vaccination coverage. So if you look at the national vaccination coverage, kunyari mataas, but if you, if you uh, zoom in to the um, older population, actually hindi maganda ang vaccination coverage nila. So, ano yung, ano, uh, ano, ano yung thoughts mo? Uh, tapos na ba tayo uh, dito sa the, the worst that, that that can happen? Or doon pa tayo patungo? Uh, are, are we a candidate for our own surge again dito sa Omicron dahil nga may bagong subvariant? And you've also tweeted about Omicron XE, you know? <laughs> uh, and sabi mo, it's even more transmissible. But at the same time, sinabi mo na dahil ang dami, sa, ang dami na sa atin na infect na, na may, at may antibodies dahil doon, plus mataas ang vaccination rate, na decouple na yung infection from severe illness. So, marami nagsasabi na parang, parang trangkaso na lang. No? Uh, mag-isolate ka na lang sa kwarto mo ng uh, ilang araw and most likely, you will not be hospitalized. You will recover easily and, you know, go back to work, go back to school or whatever, no? Um, Doon ba tayo patungo? We, we have to define kasi ang pandemic cha COVID-19. Um, they're two different things. Although at the moment, diba, we call it the COVID-19 pandemic. But I, I think COVID-19 will continue. But yung pandemic itself will end. Uh, I don't know, probably this year or early next year. Yung definition kasi sir ng pandemic or when a pandemic will end, hindi naman siya talaga sobrang well-defined and it depends on us, uh, basically the people, to define ano pa ang acceptable level of uh, risk of hospitalization or acceptable level of deaths from this particular disease, di ba? But we are seeing talaga na if you compare to March 2020 nung wala pa tayong vaccines, wala pa tayong antivirals, hindi pa natin alam na steroids pala ay pwede dito sa um, COVID-19. Compare that situation to now, malayong-malayong na talaga, sir. We've passed that stage na kumbaga helpless tayo, di ba, noong March, April 2020 at uh, hindi natin alam ang So I don't think we will go back to that situation. We will see surges, um, possibly pag-winter, winter season siguro, 
kasi this seems to be like the flu in terms of epidemiology. Siguro we will see a surge of cases or pag may bagong variant na naman na sort of evasive, immune evasive, um, we will see um, cases again. Pero we will not be in that situation in early 2020. With everything we know now, what did we get most wrong early on in 2020 and even 2021? What was the biggest conventional wisdom na, na debunk na? I would say two things, sir. Yung mask, first of all. Kasi, di ba, you remember early on in the pandemic, ang sinasabi ng WHO is, hindi kailangan mag-mask lahat. Di ba? Kasi kulang ang mask. We have to prioritize healthcare workers. Yung mga frontliners lang. And it's related to the second thing. Yung second thing is yung asymptomatic COVID. Um, we knew from the start that there are cases na asymptomatic, na wala talagang symptoms, or nagkakaroon sila ng symptoms but very minimal. But we didn't know kung ano yung percentage ng uh, cases na ganun. But recent studies show na up to 40 to 50% of people are actually asymptomatic. So if we started masking early on, um, we would have done better kasi madami ng mga tao na asymptomatic na just walking around, no symptoms at all, and passing the virus to other people. Pero Doc, no? hindi naman sinabi ng WHO na useless yung mask. Sinasabi nila kung lahat tayo magmamask, mauubusan yung frontliners who are the most at risk. I mean, hindi ba yun valid um, consideration? But, but that was about the medical masks and the N95s. Kumbaga, we could have started uh, with the cloth masks. Oh, diba? Bandanas, oh, yung mga... Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. uh, homemade. Uh, pero, I mean, the the information was just coming in, diba? So, nakita ng WHO na, ah, okay, um, I think everyone needs to wear a mask. Then, sa kanila sinabi yun. Pero, the CDC already hinted before them na mag-mask uh, ang lahat. Kaya lang, ang problema nun was the, the administration then sa US, ang daming conflicting messages at you know, naging political na siya, especially the mask, even before the vaccines. So, hindi, kumbaga, hindi naging clear and consistent yung messaging about masks. How about the effectiveness of convalescent plasma? Kasi, as an early COVID patient no, back in March 2020, after I recovered from COVID, I donated plasma three times because uh, doctors were encouraging me at the time at maraming mga uh, kamag-anak ng mga pasyente na actually humihingi sa akin ng convalescent plasma mm-hmm. dahil sinasabi ng mga doktor nila na kailangan-kailangan daw ng uh, pasyente. Ano? So, two years later, has plasma proven to be effective? hindi pa rin siya consistent. Kumbaga, there are studies showing that it is working. Um, recent studies with all these variants uh, na medyo iba na talaga compared sa ancestral strain from Wuhan, hindi na siya ganun ka-effective. What, what, which I think is scientifically sound naman at expected. Kasi um, early on in the pandemic, diba, nung yung ancestral strain pa lang yung kumakalat, if you get Um, convalescent plasma from a patient, kunyari, galing sa inyo, tapos you, you have antibodies there. So, yung antibodies mo um, will definitely work with that uh, ancestral strain. But if you're talking about uh, Omicron or Delta, and you get antibodies from someone who got the ancestral strain and has antibodies against that, medyo iba na, hindi na siya mag, uh, kumbaga, hindi, hindi na, na compatible. Hindi na com- 
exactly hindi na compatible yung antibodies mo with the virus um, that this uh, patient um, kumbaga yung nasa katawan niya so um, and, and also nakikita ko sir, sa studies na kasi di ba the virus that circulates now slightly different siya depende sa sa country or even sa city eh. Um, this one study in Brazil is showing that if you get convalescent plasma in patients who are also living in that area, mas effective siya compared sa getting convalescent plasma from a patient na, kunyari, two provinces away. Medyo talagang swak na swak yung antibodies if it's just around the city. Doon mo siya nakuha sa person na yun. So, kumbaga, parang, parang blood type matching din. Di ba? You can't just give blood to anybody. Exactly. Kaya nga may monoclonal antibodies, but these ones talaga, they, there are, they are more kumbaga, um, specific. And that's why they are more effective as compared to convalescent plasma. Mm-hmm. So, you, you, Doc, you actually wear two hats. No? You're a researcher, but you're also a science communicator. No? Uh, why do you think scientists and doctors like you need to actively engage the public and you have a busy Twitter account. Uh, madalas kang lum- nagsasalita sa mga webinar. Uh, you're, you're, you've made yourself accessible to me, this podcast and other podcasts before me. Doesn't this take time away from the essential research you're doing? I, I think now more than ever because of social media, because of this connectivity that we have because of the internet, I think um, people who are doing science, people who are doing the research, they should actually be more active in explaining what they do. Kasi for me, um, kahit gano'n pa ka incredible lang ginagawa mong scientific discovery, if you're not able to tell, to explain that to people in in a way na maintindihan, hindi siya ma-appreciate ng tao. Eh. And I think more than ever, people should actually value science and you know, the value of science in our lives. For example, um, um, in vaccines, di ba? The COVID vaccines that we have are really some of the, the most amazing scientific medical breakthroughs in, in, in our lifetime, no? or, or even in history. But hindi siya na-appreciate ng ganun. Kasi I, I think yung communication early on was not enough for people to understand how amazing this is. Na parang ka-level to sir ng discovery of penicillin, level siya na moon landing. Ganong level tong COVID vaccines eh. May kritik dyan, ano? Okay, this was a result of uh, this vast network of collaboration among scientists like yourself, no? Um, but there have been global health crises before na hindi naman nag-trigger ng ganitong klaseng cooperation, ano? Na may nagsasabi nga na because this also affects uh, you know the the western world you know uh, northern europe uh, western europe etc kaya ang daming na mobilize na resources to produce these vaccines but we've had malaria for a long time which is mostly a tropical disease and you know other um, scourges of the developing world no what do you think of that argument i, I think you're referring to hiv tuberculosis malaria pathogens that we've had for longer than COVID, di ba? These three, tuberculosis, HIV, and malaria that you mentioned, mas mahirap talaga siyang gawa ng bakuna. Firstly, because malaria is a parasite. It's huge compared to a uh, uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus na malit lang. At kumbaga kaya talaga um, labanan ng antibodies. Ang parasite, malaking-malaki yun eh. 
in, mahirap siyang labanan ng antibodies. HIV naman, uh, the evolution is faster than influenza. So, if you create a vaccine now, kung natapos mo ng clinical trials, nag-iba na siya. Parang bilis ng variant niya. And tuberculosis naman, because it's a bacterium, and it hides inside our lungs or wherever uh, other parts of the body at marireactivate lang siya when you are immunocompromised when you're old so kumaga mahirap siyang hanapin at patayin ng antibodies because it hides somewhere so kumbaga scientifically these three are really difficult to make vaccines so basically you're saying they're they're more challenging but uh it's not necessarily because of a lack of effort na hanggang ngayon ay uh, ano pa rin, ang dami pa rin namamatay dahil sa mga yes, sakit. Yes, not, not, not a lack of effort for sure. Kasi for the past 20-30 years, talagang ang funding for these three, um, it's a huge amount of money. And the science is improving, it's moving forwards, pero talagang these three are very challenging. Dito sa Pilipinas, maraming naniniwala pa rin sa ivermectin. No? Um, both as a as a prophylactic and uh, as a as a cure no anong latest scientific assessment sa ivermectin yung bago pa lang itong ivermectin na uh, um, pinag-usapan in 2020 actually I, i really hope na okay siya at gagana siya no kasi there are some people na nagsasabi na um, gumana naman sa patients nila and the 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 first and the biggest study about this was from Marseille uh, in France Um, and I know these people, sir, because my brother works in Marseille, in France. And kumbaga, he's also a scientist and he knows these people. And, and so, um, nung nakita ko yung study na yun, it was a preprint, hindi siya uh, peer-reviewed publication. I, I felt hopeful. Diba? Kasi sabi ko, yes, okay to, kasi ivermectin is available everywhere. No? Um, and it's cheap. The study in Marseille said that it was effective or my promise, yes, yung ivermectin. Yung first, okay. sir. Yes, yung first study. Tapos yung ginawa na succeeding studies in other countries, sunod-sunod na na hindi. Hindi pala siya okay. Ang science kasi, sir, your, your studies, your results need to be, uh, other scientists need to be um, able to do it again and replicate your study results. And if your study results are not replicable, there's something wrong with it. Kung baga suspicious yung results mo. And then yung pinaka, the, the uh, latest study, using ivermectin na more than a thousand patients, um, hindi siya, hindi positive results. There are more studies showing that it's not working. Saan ito, Doc? Do you, do you recall which country? Where is this? I think it's Brazil. Yes, I think Brazil, sir. So, ang latest scientific consensus about ivermectin, is it um, recommended or not? Um, sinasabi sir ng WHO it's recommended pa rin for clinical trials for study purposes but it's not recommended for general um, consumption of COVID um, patients. Yeah, but how about those who want to avoid COVID? I'm sure you, I mean I do, I know people who have been taking ivermectin who are perfectly healthy uh, because it was recommended by a friend or a doctor and there are ways of getting ivermectin they've been taking it to prevent uh, infection para sa kanila in their minds no it helps prevent uh, infection daw short answer no um even with the pharmacology of the drug itself hindi siya magiging effective just because um the SARS-CoV-2 virus it actually needs two receptors to bind into our bodies so kailangan niya ng um ACE2 
tempers too. These are the two receptors. Ang ivermectin, what it does is um, it blocks one of those two receptors. So you can argue na because blocked ang one receptor, hindi na siya magdidikit, di ba? But there's another one that it's not able to block. Okay. More than a year after vaccination started in the Philippines, may ebidensya na ba kung aling brands ang mas effective? Unang bahagi pa lamang yan ang aming usapan ni Dr. Melvin Sanikas, isang tanyag na vaccinologist at COVID educator. Pakinggan ang part 2 para malaman ang tungkol sa mga bagong variant at kung gaano katagal may bisa ang bakuna. This story was produced by Meg Pamiloza and Chan Salvador and edited by J.R. Magdoto with the wonderful people of GMA News and Public Affairs Digital. Thank you, Podmates, for staying with us for the entire episode. Alam nyo na, nakakatalino ang mahabang attention span. Follow the Howie Severina podcast on your favorite streaming app para sa susunod na episodes. Mabuhay po kayo at ingat lagi.